0: now. I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in to the I'm top. ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Hi guys, Jamie here and welcome to another awesome episode of Mindset With Muscle. Now before we get cracking with chapter 5 of the Mindset With Muscle book, I just want to let you know that my Train With Jay is now live. If you are a guy looking to drop body fat or build muscle and want to surround yourself with a group of like-minded individuals that want to get healthier, happier, fitter and stronger, head on over to www.trainwithjay.co.uk Already had hundreds of people sign up this weekend and the buzz is incredible. All you got to do, head on over to the page trainwithj.co.uk and check it out. Really excited because we are moving straight on to chapter 5 which is all about mapping out your motivators and breaking down both internal and external motivation. Enjoy. Chapter 5, Mapping Out Your Motivations I remember playing a lot of computer games when I was younger. I could play these computer games for hours on end without getting bored. And as I got older, I wondered why that was. Fast forward to today and you have a generation of adults addicted to the phone games, obsessed with planting trees and building farms on social media. People seem to commit a lot of time to these things that don't necessarily get you any nearer to your goals, be they wealth, health or happiness. So wouldn't it be great if you could use whatever it is that gets you so addicted to these games to drive you on towards your health and fitness goals, and even your professional goals? Well, you're in for a treat, as I'm going to show you how to do that in this chapter. What we're going to do in this chapter is to map out your motivators. We're going to talk about both internal and external motivators, starting with internal motivation. Internal motivation. In order to get people to keep playing a game, its creators have to understand what motivates them. And to do this, they use the RAMP model. RAMP stands for Relatedness, Autonomy, Mastery and Purpose. And you can use these for the gamification of your health and fitness goals, as well as your business goals. Gamification, as per Wikipedia, says, the application of typical elements of game playing, example point scoring, competition with others, rules of play, and other areas of activity, typically as an online marketing technique to encourage engagement with a product or service. Gamification is exciting because it promises to make the hard stuff in life fun. If you can make a game out of your goals, you will certainly be on to a winner, especially if you're enjoying the game you're playing. Let's have a closer look at the separate elements of the RAMP model. Relatedness This element of the ramp model ties in with the points I made in chapter 3 about the need to control your environment. The reason a lot of people do not find themselves motivated enough to follow or complete a plan of action is because they are not living in an environment that helps them to achieve their goals. The urge to belong is very strong, and this is where you can turn herd mentality to your advantage. When you surround yourself with like-minded people who want the same things as you do and are on the same journey as you, you all stand a much better chance of success because you can all support one another. The important thing is to join a community and we have a huge advantage nowadays in that we don't necessarily have to move geographically to do so. If you come across a bunch of people at the gym who share your goals and are at the same stage as you are, great, but if not, there will be dozens of people out there somewhere and you'll be able to find them with a few clicks of a mouse. As a trainer, My focus in my gym is to bring people together who I know will be able to provide each other with mutual support and encouragement. But I also have a lot of online groups, so there will be people for you to reach out to wherever you are in the world. The brilliant thing about social media is that it gives everyone a voice. Many people who find it difficult to speak up in an actual group feel more confident to do so in a virtual group. It also dispels any notion that you are unique in the problem you have. The chances are there'll be others out there who have also struggled with what you find difficult. And who knows, some of them might not live million miles from you. So you could even factor in regular physical meetings alongside checking in daily or weekly with them online to discuss your progress and set yourself challenges. Case study Setting up the Grenade J Academy When I created a Facebook group called Grenade J Academy, Within 10 days, I had 1,000 members. One of the ground rules was that everyone who joined had to submit a two-minute introduction video. For a lot of people, that was one of the scariest things that they have ever been asked to do, and it took them right out of their comfort zone. But because they knew that everybody who had already joined had done it, it automatically created solidarity, a fantastic community feeling. Another rule is that there is to be no negativity in the group. You can get plenty of that outside and it's not helpful, so there's no place for it in the group. There's also an expectation that you will contribute to the group, putting into it as much as you get out of it in terms of sharing, experiences and tips. Then there are daily themes. Motivation Monday, Training Tuesday, Wisdom Wednesday, Foodie Thursday, Free Stuff Friday, Skill Swap Saturday and Selfless Sunday. They encourage a more balanced approach to fitness and generate a wealth of tips and tricks to help people. And of course, I give all my groups challenges every week. Sometimes that could be about getting them to open up and tell the group about what they're having difficulties with. And this is when you can really see the truth of the saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. A good group usually has a good balance of people and it may be that there are times where you come across someone who doesn't subscribe to the values of the group and who threatens to undermine the progress you are all making. In those circumstances, you have no option but to ask that person to find a group more suited to their perspective on things. Autonomy We all like to make our own decisions in life. This is why, if someone else puts pressure on you to lose weight, you are far less likely to do it. Or if you do give it a go, you are far less likely to stay the course. Autonomy is very interesting from a marketing point of view. So many people focus on telling you what to do, rather than on showing you what to do to get results. But one thing I learned a long time ago is that while people like to buy things, they don't like to have things sold to them. Some of the top marketers in the world are well aware of this, and this is what is at the heart of, say, Apple campaigns. If you analyse an Apple Advertisement, you will notice that they never mention the price or even why you might like to buy the product. No. What they do is they show someone using the product and how their life is improved by having it. You then can't help imagining how much better your life would be if you had one too. And then of course, you want to buy one. It's a great marketing strategy. And this is exactly the approach I take online and in-person with fitness. I show people my life day to day and the results that I get from the regime I am following. This gets people interested not only in what I'm saying but also what I'm selling. So I haven't told anyone to do anything. I've just demonstrated in what is in fact rather a low-key way the benefits of what I'm doing. It's the equivalent of the office colleague I mentioned in chapter 3 who didn't tell anyone that they should be losing weight but simply got on with it himself until he found people starting to ask him for advice. It's open to everyone to become a role model for someone. I tend to take little bits from a variety of people. My role model in a business context is Gary Vaynerchuk and in terms of mindset and marketing, I admire Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Peter Sage, Simon Sinek and Robin Sharma. There are plenty of people though who have just one inspirational figure who is a real spur to them. When the going gets tough, they can ask themselves, what would X do? And get a constructive answer. What you need to remember though is that even role models are human and you must accept that they are not perfect and made from time to time do something that you disapprove of, or at least question Finally, never forget that failure is an important part of autonomy If you are out there ploughing your own furrow and genuinely responsible for your own actions you will stumble sometimes, that's fine, that's how you learn and if you look into the backgrounds of the people who are your role models you'll find that they have all had failures in their past, but they've picked themselves up and pressed on. Mastery. Many people have the wrong idea about mastery. They think that there is a fixed endpoint to be reached, beyond which there is no further progress. This could not be further from the truth. There is always more to learn, a higher level to reach, and this is something that game designers have understood very well. Once you have reached one level in a game, a whole new challenge opens for you to reach the next level. This constant shifting of the goalpost is what maintains your internal motivation. I've been going to the gym for 18 years now and I never think, okay, that's it, I'm done now. It keeps me motivated to know there is always another level to get to and that this will last me the rest of my life. The mistake that a lot of people make is to set a short-term goal and go at it hell for leather. They end up with whiplash effect. They reach that goal, stop suddenly when they get to the top of that mountain and realise that it's potentially downhill all the way from there, as opposed to looking around and saying right, which is the next mountain to climb? There is no such thing as stasis, whatever the context. You don't just get to a certain level of happiness and stay that way, because things change all the time, and with wealth we know that beyond a certain point, additional millions just don't make any difference. Mastery comes in different shapes and sizes. For some, it's constantly striving to be better in their chosen field. For others, it's a desire to reach, say, the level of wealth that will enable them to go off and pursue their true passion, be it philanthropy, collecting art or travel. With mastery comes the ability to teach others, and it gives the lie to the saying, those who can do and those who can't teach. I think that what sometimes happens is that people don't realise how well they Play the game. But once they do, they find that they want to share that with others, fire them up, and get them good at it too. This is the challenge that lies between reaching the highest level of the game, whatever that game is, in your life. Purpose Why are you doing what you do in the first place? That is the most important question to ask yourself. Are you trying to lose weight so you can feel better, or because you want to have well-defined abs for the beach? Both of these could be good as short or long-term goals, but what happens when you achieve those goals? As important as it is to have these goals, it's vital to have a long-term purpose. Mine is to keep myself healthy and fit enough to walk my daughter down the aisle, and her daughter as well. This lifelong purpose is going to take some commitment, because even when I achieve my shorter-term goals, I will still have a reason to keep working hard and consistently. One of the most positive effects of having a lifelong purpose is that it allows you to take a more measured approach to your goals, acknowledging that certain things are simply beyond your control. If unforeseen circumstances throw you off course, you have plenty of time to get back on track. It helps to mitigate that dangerous all-or-nothing mentality that sabotages so many people's efforts. Having a purpose gives shape and meaning to your efforts. To look back and to be able to see how you have progressed towards your purpose, demonstrating patience, perseverance and commitment is far more satisfying than looking back on a rather random selection of unrelated activities. External motivation Everyone needs external motivators, be it a show, a 10k run, a wedding or a holiday. External motivators really do work. You're externally motivated to go to work because you're paid to go, In fact, a lot of people do their jobs because it pays the bills. They don't realise that if they change the way they're externally motivated, they could pay their bills and still do something they enjoy. It's a question of finding a good balance. I found that my driving motivation doubled when the pressure was on me to build up my business for myself, as opposed to building things for other people. If you look at the example of painters, they are highly internally motivated to express themselves through their art. But once they receive a commission, they become less interested in painting because it's no longer about what they want to do, it's about what somebody else wants them to do. It can be hard to distinguish between internal and external motivators, as some activities can function as both. If you take the concept of relatedness and of surrounding yourself with like-minded people, that's an internal motivator because it is that feeling of companionship and solidarity that is supporting you but such a group is also capable of generating external motivators in the form of friendly competition. Case study The power of the leaderboard At the moment I've got about 15 friends in a particular fitness group and we're competing to see who can do the most steps in a week. I was at the top of the leaderboard with 110,000 but I've just added a friend who's got 115,000. In the grand scheme of things, the leaderboard doesn't really matter. But the fact that I'm now only in second place and he's teasing me about it via the leaderboard app is making me up my game. Yes, a leaderboard can be a fantastic motivator. You can set up any number of external motivators based on what makes you tick, but here are a couple of ideas that have proved popular with people. There are websites that enable you to put money in a pot and set weight loss goals. If you don't achieve those goals, you lose your money. Meanwhile. Everyone who has met their goals shares the money in the pot. There are fitness watches and applications that enable you to compete against yourself and to go for your personal best, but you can also add your friends into the app and measure yourself against how they're doing. A lot of people try to keep quiet about their goals in case they fail. Well, that just makes it more likely that they will fail because they have no external motivation to succeed. They are not holding themselves accountable or enabling anyone else to do so. Commitment and accountability can be powerful external motivators, certainly for me I'm anxious to be seen as a man of my word So if I tell everyone what I'm aiming to do It means I just have to make sure I fulfill that intention This is really important in the world of business Where visible accountability will build up trust in your business And trust in your business is something that money simply can't buy It's down to you and whether you keep your word Don't set yourself up to fail Be realistic about what you are holding yourself accountable for. As with changing habits, if you hold yourself accountable for too many things, then you're destined for failure. Having one big mission statement and two smaller commitments that you know you can honour is a far more realistic proposition. Don't set yourself unrealistic deadlines either. I get a lot of emails from guys who say things along the lines of I'm going on holiday in three weeks and I need to lose £15. Well, I'm sorry, but you should have started sooner. Okay, you might be able to do it, but only through such an extreme diet that you will be miserable for the next three weeks and your body will be like a sponge when you're on holiday. Within a week, you will have regained the stone you shed and then some. What's more, once the holiday is over, the external motivation will have gone. You've got to look at longer-term external motivators, say six to seven months, and build in checkpoints along the way. Although a year for a weight loss goal might be a long time, three monthly checkpoints along the way give you a chance to see your progress and hopefully take heart from what you're achieving, much more satisfying than simply going from A to B. Summary Surround yourself with like-minded people to reinforce your motivation. You are responsible for your own progress and you can set a powerful example if you choose to. Your journey is never complete. There is always another level to progress to or another path to explore. You need a lifelong purpose to give meaning and shape to your short-term goals. Use external motivators to spur you on, be they money or a competition with yourself or others, but use them wisely. My challenge to you. Identify two internal motivators for yourself using the RAMP model. Identify two external motivators... Each with one checkpoint and one endpoint. Tweet me at grenade J to tell me what you can look at. Lower the lights down, hand over my crown, hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me your real.